the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Squirrel, I've been bit by a spider. So if I start talking gibberish, soiling myself like Joe Biden, or if I start climbing the walls like Peter Parker, you just go to elevator music until I rub some dirt on it, all right? In the meantime, what else is very, very difficult is watching these crooks. I mean, there's no other word for Joe Biden. These thieves, these corrupt traitors to my nation, lecture me. Are you lecturing me? So obviously Kamala Harris was listening to my show yesterday when she was in Chicago. Her and Joe Biden, they went on a tour today about talking about the divisiveness of hostile speech. As opposed to what, Trump? Ignoring the fact that your boss and you are traitors? To insult us in an attempt to gaslight us. No, no, no. I'm not gaslighting you. I don't give a rip what you do. I don't care if you quit. I don't care if you move. It has nothing to do with you. I want the people of this nation to understand who you are. I mean, aside from the fact the easiest girl in San Francisco. I want them to know that you're not only unqualified, but you're an apparatchik to the organized syndicate posing as our government. See, because it's getting harder and harder and harder to deny exactly what Joe Biden is. When I get up and I see on news outlets clips of Joe Biden from 2019. The president's accusation against you stems from your son, Hunter Biden, working on the board of an energy company in Ukraine while you were vice president. Do you agree that that could at least create the appearance of a conflict? Look, what I agree is with that there's not a single solitary thing anyone said that was done wrong. I don't discuss business with my son. Only a Democrat, and when I say that, what I mean is a moron or a crook, because that's what a Democrat is. Only a Democrat could even think that's even plausible that you didn't speak to your son, because we all know your son. Your son's a crackhead. He's a degenerate moron, buffoon. And the only reason you keep him around is because of plausible deniability, which only sells in Democrat sewer areas. I didn't know that was the case when, in fact, I found out after the fact. And because I don't discuss things with my son or my family, because I don't want to have any knowledge of any, I don't want to be accused of, well, you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever. As opposed to what? So now we know that from the time you're a senator, but let's focus on the time Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie, tapped you to be the bag man for him, because that's where this really leads. This doesn't stop with Joe Biden. This goes all the way to the top. I mean, how else do you think he's springing for those mansions? 
going from late on his payment to the Chrysler 300 to buying $100 million in real estate? How did that work? And so the fact is, though, everybody's looked at that. He didn't. No, no, no. Everybody in the bureaucracy, you see, and now what we know beyond the shadow of a doubt is the upper echelon of the bureaucracies that are posing themselves as law enforcement or honesty. All of them, from the CIA to the FBI, they're all Democrats. And they're all allegiant to the mafia, not the people. Because the FBI has been sitting on the evidence, and we've known this. We've talked about it for three and a half years. And even some of your own voters did. Remember when you yelled at the old man way back in 2019? But you, on the other hand, that's your son over there. Give it down and work there. That's something. He had no experience in that. So nothing. In order to get access to the public, to the president. So you're, you're selling access to the president just like he is. So you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has ever said that. Everybody said it. Everyone with an IQ, everyone that wasn't in the organized syndicate, everyone that wasn't a supporter, and even some of your supporters like that old man. So if that old man wasn't killed by the pandemic, the U.S. government invested COVID, if he wasn't killed by it, you owe him an apology. But back in 2019, people still thought you were functional. I spotted your diaper long ago. I you know more than most people know when you want to get things done. Wrong. Well, what you've gotten done is chaos throughout the world. At no time in our history, aside from the attack on Pearl Harbor, have we been in more danger than right now. And it reminded me of the way in which the media and the other morons or corrupt crooks called Democrats made fun of Donald Trump when he predicted exactly what would happen. Well, I have to say, I think uh, it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70 percent of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I mean, I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia because they were getting from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia and a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate, because I think it's not. And I think it's a very bad thing for NATO. And I don't think it should have happened. Now, if you look at it, Germany is a captive of Russia because they supply. They got rid of their coal plants. And then you remember what Germany's response was to Donald Trump. Uh, I do not really understand what he means by that. 
<laughs> hard to say. But in- Is it hard to say? Because um, I know we're enamored with our own little Ponzi scheme of our dollar and our corrupt interpretation of what our real economy is. But in Germany and in Europe, they are in the throes of a recession. The current situation, the forward-looking indicator, bank lending is in the doldrums. How bad, how brutal is it in Germany? Good morning. Good morning. Yes, it's pretty bad, I'm afraid. It's the third consecutive decline of the EFO index, and it's a significant decline. Uh, it looks like the German economy is really having a hard time getting out of this recession we've been in for two quarters now. Uh, it looks- so you mean everything that Donald Trump said about Germany was right then? Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. But after Joe Biden and the tramp stole the election, on day one, they reversed these major, major policies. On day one, they destroyed not just the energy sector of America or forever changed the trajectory. What they also did is damage our dollar. And along with their corrupt, failed foreign policy, and their favorite, most corrupt nation in Europe, destroying the credibility of our dollar, it seems that there's a mass amount of countries, massive, more than ever in history since World War II, that want to de-dollarize. Kenyans want to pay for Tanzanian goods in dollars. Tanzania wants to pay for DRC goods in dollars. Egypt wants to pay. Why are we bringing dollars in the middle of our trade? And in the process, all our business people are stranded. Egypt cannot pay for our tea because they are looking for dollars. We cannot pay for their sugar because we are also looking for dollars. That steep price has caused us unnecessary trouble. I think it is important for us to figure out. Many of us are saying, oh, maybe we should move away from the dollar to the yuan. Maybe we should move away from the dollar to another currency. And that is the sentiment of an always growing list of countries that are fully aware of two things. Joe Biden is what he's always been, a crook and a traitor to America. Number one. Number two, they understand the scam that is our dollar. And number three, they're fully aware that Joe Biden is incapable of understanding the truth or even mentally able to do the job. I've said it before. It was a lesson I learned coming out of not like real leaders in the civil rights movement. But I came out of the civil rights movement as a kid, as a public defender. And I used to, uh, you know, I used to say, think that you pass something that was good, you can make hate go away. Hate never goes away. See, this country always hated liars. It always hated crooks. It always hated socialists and communists. We've sent a million of our boys to kill an ideology that you represent. Not just a crooked government, but a collectivist, fascistic regime of absolute and total corruption. Just ignore the scandals and they go away. But they really never go away. And now it's starting to get so obvious that even the most, what do you want to call it? What would you call it? Loyalist. 
even the most fraudulent of American voters is starting to lose faith in the administration, bar none. And there's still, we're still feeling the profound loss of the pandemic, as I mentioned, of over 100 people dead. That's 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table. 100? What are you talking about? They died last night in the Democrat big cities? I don't know what the difference between breaking your arm and having a mental breakdown is. I do. I do. And it's happening right before our eyes. And we're going to go through an impeachment process? Joe Biden should be arrested, not impeached. Should be arrested tonight. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Son of a... That freaking spider was a Democrat. He bit me on the... Who bites you on the stomach? Filthy animal. Clearly a Democrat. But down here in Florida, you got some critters. There's no question about it. But you have an incredible amount of wonderful, wonderful people. And wonderful, wonderful politicians. My congressman is Byron Donalds. Uh, last question. Through your investigation, how much money did you uncover was coming from Ukraine, Romania, and China? Uh, if you hold on one second, let me reference the... Take uh, your time. $17.3 million, approximately. Okay. So $17.3 million through your investigation. And you are, you and Mr. Shapley, you are the guys that investigate criminal tax evasion on an international scale. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. A question for the chairman. Mr. Chairman, through the investigation of the Oversight Committee, about how much money have we seen come from Ukraine, Ukraine, Romania, and China? Over over 10 million. Okay. So we have two separate investigations. And now we all know the clip. I've got the clip, the George Soros, the Ukraine, the Ukraine, the Ukraine. And then you remember during the Democrat debates. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S. funded biolabs in Ukraine. That's a problem. And this is clearly a proxy war. Oh, you must be a Putin puppet. No, I know what the former Soviet Union is. An oligarch run hellhole that I don't want any of our boys ever going to. But that doesn't stop the complex of corruption called our military or our Pentagon. And every once in a while, there's a little crumb of evidence. But we do begin with that breaking news. The State Department now confirming to us that former Marine Trevor Reed that was released from Russia in a prisoner swap last year has actually been injured while fighting in Ukraine. What? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell was he doing back in Ukraine? I think everybody was protesting. He's not in the CIA. He doesn't work as a CIA spy. He's an innocent ex-veteran. Let's hear it again. But we do begin with that breaking news. The State Department now confirming to us that former Marine Trevor Reed that was released from Russia in a prisoner swap last year has actually been injured while fighting in Ukraine. American officials saying that Reed was not engaged in any activities on behalf of the U.S. No, not at all. And the $6 trillion missing, we don't know. And the coups in Africa and the coups in South America and Central America, we don't know nothing. Really? You don't know nothing, huh? 
About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. I said, they should all be freaking arrested. Joe Biden's brother got a house, a, a contract to build houses in the war in Iraq. Anybody ever see a Biden house? $1.5 billion. You think $10 million, $17 million? It's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's a snowball on top of the tip of the iceberg. Robin, Mobile, Alabama. Hey, hey, Sean, thank you so much for taking my call. You make me think and you make me laugh every day. Here is my question. All right. Uh, hearing about Biden's history when he was... Um, a senator and everything. He's been corrupt forever. I used to think that he was Obama's puppet. Now I'm wondering if the opposite is true. If Obama is his puppet. What if they're all puppets? And this is all a charade, and I mean all of them. And it's the complex itself of corruption. The kind of entities that don't have to answer questions when they don't want to. Like anybody in the Pentagon, like anybody in any bureaucracy that gets hundreds of billions of dollars and they're supposed to answer and we say the Pledge of Allegiance to the republic for which it stands. What if the coup d'etat isn't just in South America or Central America, but right here in America? What if it's a bureaucratic coup d'etat? And what we get is theater. That would explain all the bit players who can't remember their lines, wouldn't it? That's exactly what's happening. So these entities now are running everything, and they're held to account by nothing. And what we're given is theater to keep us quiet and stupid. That's what I think, Robin. Thank you very much for the call. But if it quacks like a duck squirrel, and it walks like a duck, it's a freaking duck. Uh, Jim and Lyle. Sean, yesterday you um, jogged my memory about something when you were talking about the 145,000 electric vehicle that Chinese communists gave Hunter. The Fisker, you mean? Yeah, the Fisker. Which he eventually traded in for a silver Porsche. Great scam. That's a great scam, yes. But if I recall correctly, his old man was promoting an old GM auto plant in Wilmington, Delaware, to be converted into a Fisker yeah, that's what I'm talking about. $487 million. They sold it to the communist Chinese businessman for $5 million. Right in Delaware, right now. He owns it. Right. Yeah, that's it's freaking awesome. It's like the I dailies. Mean, there's, so many, there's so many scandals on top of each other, you can't even keep them track of them. If only we had a federal agency that was devoted to investigating this kind of thing. You know, something like an FBI. Because those crooked bastards sat on the laptop and they're still sitting on it. And when asked in a congressional hearing where it is, I don't know, we lost it. Luckily for us, we have a couple of politicians who didn't get their lines that day and made copies of the hard drive, along, along with two or three reporters. Thank you, Jim and Lyle. That's the broader point. That's why this whole thing is held together by confidence. They're confidence men. When they come out and they tell you, be civil. It's the hatred and division and they make fun of us. You're lucky. We make fun of you. You're lucky. I do make fun of you. Number one, you're walking punchlines. And number two, I will not be lectured to by scum. Like, for instance, Chris Christie, that bubble fat ass, was asked about, was there any voter fraud at all? So let's start there. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. 
Joe Biden's sleeping in the White House tonight, and it's our fault. Speak for yourself, fat boy. I know why he's in there. And I know why you're a governor from New Jersey. How you doing? How's a fat-ass Republican from New Jersey get elected to be governor? Because you're in. You're in on the dirty side of the mafia, the one that controls the little workers and the ports. And they, they buy you off with cannolis, huh, Fatso? 312-642-5600. Get in my belly! Come on! He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know what's great, though, about these moron Marxist mafia members? They get in line, boy. They step and they fetch. My favorite is when the old commies do it. One of the only politicians, the honeymoon, in Moscow during the Cold War. An out-of-the-closet communist. And he's as ugly as you think he is, but he's still more attractive than his wife. Bernie Sanders. President Biden announced this week that he's running for re-election, and you have already endorsed him. Why is it that not a single leading Democrat is willing to contest that nomination in the primaries? I suspect it has to do with a real fear of the growth uh, of right-wing extremism in this country. The re- oh, that's what it is? No, no, no. You know you're going to get tapped. Otherwise, you and your unattractive wife will get exposed for more scandals. I think she already had a settlement for bank fraud. Another communist multimillionaire. You guys are my favorites. Uh, John in Bridgeport. Hey, Sean, real quick. Um, the Gateway Pundit had an article yesterday saying expect uh, Joe Biden to be uh, to resign before the end of the year due to health reasons. And that got me thinking. Years ago, the New York, out- the New York mob had a guy, a uh, boss named Chin Giganti, who used to go up and down the street <laughs> pretending, pretending he was, uh, you know, incoherent and uh, mental. Is it possible yeah. that Biden's just playing us with his with his with his sickness? Or no, I would like that though. I mean, if if he was as brilliant as Giganti, we wouldn't be. Well, here's the other thing. Maybe if he was as brilliant as Giganti, we wouldn't be at the precipice of World War III. But see, I think he's more diabolical than any gangster that you were talking about when you talk about the Godfather, Goodfellow gangster. What Joe Biden is is a traitor to his nation. He's been bribed for decades to destroy America and enrich the enemy, to destroy the integrity of the dollar. This is a very serious thing, because when you see these nations talk about de-dollarizing, number one, they're right. We, have, we don't have the integrity in our currency, the integrity in our government to be the world currency. So when they do that, do you know what our life is like overnight, John? It's no joke, brother. That, that'll, make no, the depression, that'll make the depression look like a bachelor party. Believe me. Thank you. Because there's, there's trillions upon trillions out there that we don't want back. Thank you very much. That's why when you hear these African presidents, these prime ministers, these, these, uh, uh, from, the, from their area, and they're talking about this is a giant scam, they're 100% correct. We do not allow them, nations in Africa, to exchange their currency with each other. And our own oil companies are the ones that are enriching their, their gangs that are murdering their people. It's either them or more of these, I don't know, what is this guy? But we do begin with that breaking news. The State Department now confirming to us that former Marine Trevor Reed that was released from Russia in a prisoner swap last year has actually been injured while fighting in Ukraine. 
How much of that's been going on? What was it, George W. Bush, when he wanted to go uh, uh, stick up for his father with Saddam Hussein? Didn't he privatize the military? What was the name? They weren't BlackRock. They were something else, where they hired the mercenaries. Nobody pays taxes. Yeah, that's perfectly legitimate. Uh, George in Naperville. Biden is following the lead of Mr. Phelps in the classic television show Mission Impossible. The only difference is he has crappy hair, and he has to disavow any knowledge of his family's actions to save his presidency. Oh, his presidency isn't going to be saved. The, the only vindication of this entire thing is that 100 years from now, they're going to look back at this time in America, and they're going to think 80%, and they're going to be right. 80% of this country is either stupid or corrupt. They're going to look back at Joe Biden as a trivia question as to who was the most obviously corrupted American politician in history. And it'll be that dimwit in diapers. Some people think had 81 million votes. Right, Chris Christie, you fat slob? Bonnie, Harvard. Hi. Uh, maybe you or somebody else listening could solve a murder mystery. Um, I've well, I'll been try. seeing all these. I know you will. That's why I call. Basil Rathbone um, was my guy. Go ahead. And my husband loves it. We've got all the. We're watching them almost all the time. Oh, anyway, um, there. The last couple of days, I've been seeing uh, stories about this fourteen-year-old um, boy in Hinsdale, who was hit by a Jeep that yeah. came out of a car wash. And uh, like 93% of the stories are about the boy, his death, and his funeral. I think the driver, yeah, and, the driver was, I think, a 16-year-old. And it was a kid that freaked out. And, and I mean, I remember when the, it's a tragic, tragic story. The kid was a unbelievable angel. He really was. And... uh you know, I think the kid just was, you know, 16 years old in a Jeep coming out of the car wash. Must have pan. I mean, who knows? I think that is truly the definition of a, of a tragic accident uh, rather than an actual mystery. The mystery is more in uh, all of the municipalities than that terrible, terrible accident. But thank you, Bonnie. If you look into it. it I, no, thank I, you for I'm solving sure this for me. 16, no, it's a 16-year-old kid, I think. That oh, was. that's terrible. Yeah. And you know, when they get nervous coming out of the car, I mean, obviously, can you imagine both families and the kids got to live with that the rest of their life? I don't even know if it's a boy or a girl, but that is oh, tragic. Man. And when you look at that kid that was killed, I mean, what a, what, a, what a saintly human being that kid was. So thank you very much, Bonnie. That is a story that will sicken Anybody. Blackwater, that's the name of the mercenaries. Thank you very much, honey bunny. Greg and Rogers Park. Hi, Sean. First of all, Nikki Haley is the best news reporter in all America. The best. Second, My favorite. The, yes. Yeah. The best um, and the best on state in Washington, D.C., has been uh, called out on her lies about the uh, curriculum in Florida about slavery. Um, you know, they're all the, most of the people that wrote that curriculum are African American, and they've been showing up on the news reports saying that she's totally lying, that everything in there is safe and sound and, and, and sound doctrine for the students, and all she does is lie. So, That's all they you know, know how to do. To bring you, up. Just, Greg, you're living the sewer of lies. Every time a Democrat opens their fracking mouth, it's a lie. They call a, I watched the dimwit Joe Biden. Did you ever think we would ban books here in America? I'm not even going to play the tape because it's sickening. 
because that's not the case at all. But what American people don't understand is, do you know the greatest money laundering scheme in our system right now is how they get these Marxist scum to write propaganda and they force the entire education department to buy the book, making the author mega rich. And the book is based on fraud and lies like that dingbat dimwit with the 1619 Project. That's why Vivek Ramaswamy, tell you what. After today, he's definitely my guy. Commitment 2024 tonight. Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy says he doesn't want to reform the federal government. He wants to shut part of it down. At a speech tonight That's at right, St. Baby. College, he promised to dismantle what he calls the administrative state. He would start by eliminating the FBI. It will no longer exist as an institution. But we will be able to move to the U.S. Marshals, to the DEA, to series of enforcement agencies that have not been politicized in the same way as the FBI. Ramaswamy's plan would also get rid of the Department of Education and reorganize the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. I'm all in. I'm all in. Tear this crooked, corrupt entity calling itself our government. Tear it asunder. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. It's true, they're saying that there's evidence of aliens. You know what? I can't wait. I think we should send Joe Biden and Kamala. This way we can confuse them and get them lucky. You want the aliens happy. They're going to take one look at Joe Biden and say he's what? He's the leader, huh? All right. Let's know how that goes. Only in Democrat sewer areas. And you know what's funny is to watch the Never Trumper scum. Because those are the real the real moron scum. They they acted uh, as if they were they're so they're so pure. They're so aware. And when you watch the, the ones who pretend to be never Trump or scum after they were fired or they tried to kiss Trump's ass like 95% of them. A lonely, self-consumed, self-serving. Is he talking about his wife, Squirrel? No. That poor thing earns every dollar. Could you imagine watching the Kool-Aid man coming at you all horned up on a Saturday after the Cialis kicks in? That's not good. Mirror hog. He is, for those of you who read the Harry Potter books, like Voldemort. (laughs) He is he who shall not be named. Well, let me be clear, in case I have not been already. The person I am talking about, who is obsessed with the mirror, who never admits a mistake, who never admits a fault, and who always finds someone else and something else to blame for whatever goes wrong, but finds every reason to take credit for anything that goes right. I think he's talking about himself, right? I mean, you want to talk about a bust-out with a yardstick of ass crack that's good for absolutely nothing. It's Chris Christie, you moron. Brian and Gurney. Hey, Sean. Uh, I got a dilemma here. Um, I recently watched a film called Being There, and I... I <laughs> I think it's really Joe Biden. But the credits Dude. say Peter Sellers. But Peter, wait a minute, though. In being there, Peter Sellers was just obtuse and well-dressed. 
Joe Biden is a corrupt traitor. So I think we'd be way better off with well-dressed and obtuse. That's what Jimmy Carter was. Okay, thank John. Thank you very much. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. How's it going, man? Splendid. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Hey, listen, I'm over here. I'm still, like, out with the family and friends. We're out on Lake Geneva here, out on the beach. And there were some big waves coming in. We figured a man seems to be out there and everything. Dead. We're hopped yeah. on a boat and everything. We we didn't spot him. We, couldn't, we, we didn't see him or anything like that. But, he doesn't get there before what. the weekend. He knows. He's got the Gordies. They're making him a plate of burgers. Go right ahead. Okay, so the thing is, is you know, you stop and think. This guy inherited all those billions or whatever. He lives over. He's got the he's got the big farm out in Wisconsin. He's got the big house over there. All this kind of stuff and everything like that. While the rest of us, you know, we work in that, and then we go take a little vacation and like that. And this guy here makes all these rules and regulations and everything that destroy everybody's businesses and yeah. all of us that are trying to make money and everything. And while he basically just takes us. Soaks up all that money was given to him, and, and, and that guy ought to be ashamed of himself. His mother knew who to give a lap dance to. But here's the thing, Craig, down here in South Florida, not on my side, but on the, on the East Coast, he bought himself a horse farm. Now, you call me crazy. I don't know of a horse that could carry him other than a Clydesdale. I think he bought the horse farm because he needs the straps. You know what I mean, Squirrel? Sure. I've done the math. You can't get those two on a bed. In the meantime, when I get back, uh, how, much, how much time do I got, Squirrelly? Oh, good. We got a nothing but time. Uh, in the meantime, I want to update you on the manatee, Pritzker, and an unusual uh, turn of events that took place just about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, that's right, Patrick. And essentially what this peace agreement means is that union members won't strike during the convention when it is here in Chicago next year, as long as... Wait a minute. They had to sign a peace agreement. Like... During the, 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 the Nazi invasion of Europe, they signed a peace agreement. So listen, we're going to have a lot of important politicians who could write checks to all of you morons. Do us a favor. Don't show your true colors. Just wait until after the convention. Union members are treated with dignity and have a safe place to do the work that they need to get done here <laughs> ahead and during the convention. Now, that can only be two things, Will. Either the safe place is because they don't want to be called Mr. when they're a Mrs. and vice versa. Or the ghetto called Chicago has become too dangerous for union workers. And they need security so they could plug in the light bulb. Signing ceremony held at McCormick Place included uh, labor leaders, the chair of the Democratic National Committee, along with the governor and Mayor Brandon Johnson, all say a lot of work needs to get done before next year's convention. Events will be held through... Wait a minute, I thought you hired all those peacekeepers. I thought it was rainbows and lollipops and unicorns. What do we got to sign agreement? Who do you sign the agreements with? The gangbangers? The degenerates? The drug dealers? Or just the guys who are going to strike? Out the city, but some of the main events will be at the United Center from August 19th to the 22nd. The Write that down, Squirrel. August 19th to the 27th. You get the hell out of that area. Last time Chicago hosted a national convention was back in 1996 when Bill Clinton was running for re-election. All of the... Oh, but Bill Clinton was a totally different kind of guy. All Americans... Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. He couldn't even show his face now. And the only woman he never had sex with? You know who that was. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Nobody else would either. 
That's why Hillary Clinton just hangs around with girls. People involved with the DNC 2024 convention say this was the quickest a peace agreement has been reached ahead of the convention. They <laughs> went as far as calling it historic, as you mentioned. I asked the chair of the... It's a historic peace agreement. Who's it between? Democrats? Have you had enough? Or are you thirsty for more? Three one two six four. Oh no, I got a guest coming up. All right, after this, I'm going to announce a guest. You're going to be very excited. He's a great guy. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM five sixty. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned, and now. With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me because we need a little controversy. I am fascinated with people like my next guest. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know I uh, toyed with the idea of writing screenplays. I went to Columbia College for a short period of time, and I love the mind of, of a human being that can come up with creative stories that engross other people. And that's really my next guest. He is an Emmy Award winner, a Gemini Award winner, an Effie Award winner, Telly Award winner. He's been the creator, screenwriter, author, and marketing expert for 20-plus years. And he has uh, developed some of the world's most powerful and lasting franchises. He has a new book out called Revolution Empire, History Never Retreats. He is Rob Trevellino. Rob, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm going to try to live up to that uh, intro, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it's fascinating to me because all you have is your mind. I mean, that's where you write this from. For you sure. You have an, an idea, an inspiration, and you have to write every aspect of it, every conversation, everything. And I don't think people understand that, but when you're good at it, it's fantastic. And when you're I not, there's always Hollywood Boulevard and dope. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so I, I was reading a little bit about your book, and okay. it's, 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 I'm a history buff. I love our history. Anyway. I love what we've been able to accomplish. And it's an unusual time because history is under assault. But one thing I also realize when you look at history, the way in which corrupt people have been able to control so many is because they tend to have an ability to rewrite it and then sell it. Because if you can rewrite history, you can control some of the opinions in the future. But what you're doing is trying to educate through a very unusual process. So let the people know what you worked on. Uh, okay, well, um, it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to take up too much time because I know the time's probably limited, but um, I have a very strange background. I, I, I studied a lot of different studies in school. I, I meant to be a, a journalist, and um, I interviewed some of, some very well-known journalists of the day when I came out of college. They all told me, we're not really doing news anymore. We're doing entertainment, and it sort of stuck with me for years, and I ended up working in marketing and advertising for a long time and then getting involved in the kids' business and the teen business and seeing throughout the 90s and the 2000s how corporate me you know, cor the corporate concerns had crept into the, the space of growing up. Uh, and I'd seen that when I was in school, uh, from elementary school to high school and college. And the agenda had changed from teaching, you know, sort of civics and ethics and teaching... Um, the skills you needed in life to, 
to just being about the you know the sort of the towing the line, you know chasing the you know chasing the the dream that used to be independence, that used to be um, you know autonomy, that used to be self actualization, that used to be freedom and liberty, becoming well fit into this, join to that, follow this, make you'll make money here, you get paid here, you find security there, and you know and the I, I'm gonna, Butcher the Ben Franklin quote, but when you give up, you know, freedom for security, you deserve neither. And we've sort of come to a place in in the, in world history where, <clears throat> whether you want to say it's by nefarious design or whether it's by sheer greed and, and the sheer power of you know of technology surveillance, uh, the, the the amount of narrative that can be pushed on people. You we're giving up freedoms left and right, or we're being made to give up freedoms left and right. There's a there's a threat on the horizon that's in the news this week, and there's a movie about it next week, and there's a television show about it the week after, and there's three books that come out about it, and there's five magazine articles. And before you know it, you're chasing something that's not your life's journey anymore. You're chasing something else that's been provided for you. And so Revolution Empire is kind of like looks at the present-day world and then looks at the the world of you know the the world of the 1700s 1600s to 1700s and when most of the most of the powers in the world were giant corporate concerns the east india mm-hmm. trade company the dutch east india trade company there were colonial empires that taxed everything and you know and, and you were put into a system to serve that empire slavery came out of that so many things came out of that and so i i looked at the present day culture as as rights were sort of being given up or taken for whatever reason. I said, you know, this is a lot like the 1700s. This is a lot like America's fight for independence in a lot of ways because there were cries for freedom and cries for things that were based on much older knowledge, much more, you know, much more uh, classical knowledge that had had come out of ancient times, things that had been tested for thousands of years and always seemed to be doing the same thing, standing up to the ability of people in power to be tyrannical, to be authoritarian, and to find out ways to for the for the people to be free, and you know, with with some guidance. Obviously, you go back to like the story of stories of the Exodus or you know, biblical stories, and you there's there's a freedom within the context of certain amount of rules to play nice, and our country was sort of built that way. So there, you know, we were we were designed. Our founding fathers built a company. Uh, sorry, a company, a country. <laughs> I was trying to prevent it from becoming a company. That's where I was yeah. going with that. So the idea was they knew that even the wealthy among them needed to be constrained. So they so they did something really unique. They tried to put on paper and put into practice principles that would prevent anybody from from being able to exercise ter- the tyranny that they were trying to escape from. That's so I, I constructed a. Sorry, I'm going to let's stop for a second because I, I don't want to. No, I I love this. And what I love that you did is that you took a time when the underdog won and could win. And he won because he had a principle and the other side didn't. And the principle that he had was the what is supposed to be the principle of our country, the Enlightenment. And the yep. and, and and that theory, that philosophy, and I love the idea that you you captured this because, from what I can tell, you put it together with a small band of teens. But when you really do the history, that's kind of what they were. When you look at them, what was Joseph Warren? Was he twenty six? Twenty. You know, yeah, there, there were there were there were sires of the Declaration of Independence in the of Declaration of Independence, as you know, that were barely in their twenties and up to yeah. their early thirties, and then there, of course there was the older guard, but still. The older guard was fifty. You know, it was forty-five, fifty years old. So yeah. it's 
you know, when I look at when I looked at everything together, this was originally envisioned as a television series. I was like, wouldn't it be really cool as an experiment? It's almost like a thought experiment to say, <clears throat> well, what would happen if in today's society, which now has an enormous amount of have-nots, a middle class that's chasing something constantly that's shrinking because there's nothing to attain, there's no place to go, and then a, a, an enlarging elite sort of upper class that has the best real estate, the best homes, the best places, and then now through the media and through entertainment dictates to everyone else the way you're supposed to live, the things you should care about, the causes you should fight for, the stickers you should put on your social media pages. And if you don't do it, you're shamed, berated, and and the mob tells you you've been bad. And and then just call and then you're told it's democracy. <laughs> right. You know? it, it- it's preposterous. And, and But the thing is, every generation always feels like it's the end of the world and they're in the worst yes. time. Yep. And in this particular one, in this country, it feels that way to me. I'm in my 50s. I was born in the late 60s, and I thank God that I was. Because right. at least our sense of... Uh, uh, how about you? Were you? When were you born? I was born... I'm, I'm, we're, 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 we're contemporaries, you and I. Okay. So we were taught by teachers, and we were surrounded by neighbors that had the same philosophy. Whether they had minor philosophical disagreements, it didn't matter. The foundation of, of everyone's principle was that enlightenment. Now we're in a place where it's normal to be censored. It's normal to be propagandized. And that's the part where you feel helpless, but you realize this is exactly how the country was born. The same thing happened then. The only question I have for you is, in your book, I mean, I know it's, it's fiction, but in your book, Right. What's the likelihood of fighting back now when the surveillance is something we never thought we'd see? Right now, even if we weren't on the radio, there's a good chance that the, the watchers could be watching us. So do you take that into part? Well, here, here, you know, here's, let me give you a, like a, a small taste of the structure of the book. The book details, you know, it starts off with a bunch of teenagers who live in a place called the sewers. It's kind of like the undercity, which in today's sort of landscape would be the poor areas of, of, a, of a country. Let's take ours as an example. And the inner cities where, you know, the only thing you own is the stuff that no one else wants or the stuff that you have to beg, borrow, and steal to, to be able to afford. And you're really offered no way out except for if government or somebody in power or some stroke of I've become a YouTube star or I've become an influencer that somehow I will get out into this place where everyone's looking at me and giving me, you know. So Chicago. Some you wrote about Chicago. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Go ahead. No, exactly. <laughs> so the thing is, it's like, you know, that's the celebrity culture we live in. That's the place where we're supposed to worship celebrities and worship sports stars and everything else. And that's not who we've always worshipped as a society, even as, as a civilization. For years, we worshipped actual heroes, actual people who made a difference, people who gave up large portions of their lives to make the world a better place, not because somebody got a million likes or they got a giant, you know, influencer channel. So these kids sort of recognize that something's amiss because they're living in poverty and they're living in darkness. And this this thing called the empire event, you know, occasionally invites them out for work programs where they can get discovered or they can get used in a certain way or put to work or, or given positions. And they think that this is a great step. But the next step up from that is a place called the colonies, which is sort of a middle class where which is sort of a 13 colonies in a sense. And these people are just sold it. They're sold their freedom by degree so that there's never actually any freedom. And this one kid, Donovan Rush, is following a guidebook left by his father, who is sort of an amalgam of Thomas Paine and Princeton Rush. So all the things he's reading from this from this book are 
excerpts and re, and, and retakes on the writings of Thomas Paine and and, Rush, and Benjamin Rush and the Federalist Papers, and this kid is holding it up against the society and what he's looking at, and realizing that the principles don't match the reality. The principles seem like the way out of the reality. And to answer your question from earlier, even in a you know even in a um, uh, if this country turned into China you know tomorrow, yeah. and, it, and it silenced everything. Ideas spread because ideas are true in practice, and when ideas and principles are, are all, you can't, you almost can't stop them. You can only drown them out with propaganda. You can only twist them. So if you take it from the standpoint of how Marxism worked, you had to change the meaning of words. You had to change the meanings of history. You had to change the means this, means that, and hope no one remembered the actual, you know, the actual truth of it or the actual premise behind it or the actual principle behind it. Yeah. So this. You mean like now? Like now, kind of, yeah. So this kid follows the story and finds his way to the empire where this guy, Dr. Dr. Richard Franklin, is kind of a subversive within the empire itself, and he's a Ben Franklin character, and he starts um, screwing with this kid and steering him along, and he meets all these incredible characters from law enforcement, from from black market gangs, from all these things, and he realizes through the journey he's, he's, he's thought he's become free, and he's actually been further sort of trapped and he has to do something with it. But all the characters in the story, without hitting you over the head with it, are, are speaking as George Washington, or speaking as... I love it. Jefferson. And so, they're, so you're learning the founding of principles and ideals set against a surveillance dystopian state, and you see how they work in practice, as opposed to what you may be told, you know, what you may be told they, they're supposed to mean, even though that's not what they mean. So, Rob, I'm going to buy the book. There's no question about it. But you and your your history, your legacy, you are somebody who turns this into, like you said, either a series or a movie. However, the topic you're writing, what is the reception? I kind of think I know the answer, but I'd like to be wrong. What is the reception you're getting? Do you think this will become a movie or a series? I don't know. It starts. It's starting small. It's a three. It's it's the first book of a three book series. We'll, we'll you know we'll see how it how it goes. But interestingly enough, I've had a lot of interest, uh, good response from 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 school systems and from uh, you know from teachers and from people who are involved in the not necessarily the homeschool market. Although there's some interest there, where people want to put this in curriculum because we live in a culture, Sean, as you know, where the narrative is everything now. You, you, mm. you follow a story, the story follows you around, you get inundated with, with narrative, whether it's, like I said, you, this is your cause for this week. If you don't do it, you're, you, know, you're, you should be shamed. You should ice bucket challenge yourself because the corporations are spending 10 cents on the dollar that you're going to donate, but don't put ice bucket on your head and put it on, put it on your video. Take a TikTok challenge because that's what, you know, what's your, here's your next dance puppet dance. So, Well, I love this. Right, so to put something into the narrative, and it gets, I'm an advertising guy, so put something into the narrative, and I, you need to put it in, in a way that it's culturally relevant. So if it's a yeah. dystopian state, it feels like Hunger Games. It, it plays along the same, you know, it plays in the same landscape that a Star Wars or Harry Potter or these things play. So it speaks to a younger audience, or or, or you and I being young, young, you know, young of mind and, and yes. young in terms of like what we, you know, or if we still want to fight the good fight. The idea is it gets in, it gets into them, uh, it gets into the audience in a, in a way that they can accept it and, and recognize that it looks like the world around them and it's the things they care about. Then they learn principles that they go, 
well, well, now if I think of it that way, then the stuff out in the real world doesn't make sense. This doesn't seem right. This is infringing on somebody's rights. This is taking over control of somebody. This is pushing somebody into a corner to make sure they do what you want. And you, you just want to put the, like I said, it's a thought experiment for me. I want to put the principles back into a commercial space and see if they take hold again, because I believe they well, will. I'm going to make you an offer. You, yeah, I'm so lucky that I came when you know you got the first book. I, whenever you get done with anything, you have an open invitation. You come here. We will help you in any way we can. We also have a cup. Our company is is wonderful. We're going to spread the word. But I'm just mad that you wrote it when I'm old because I would have tried for the part of Joseph Warren. Damn it! That's my guy. <laughs> been wanting to play him forever in the meantime thank you for what you did here i think it could be something that affects the trajectory of our nation he is rob travelino the book is revolution empire history never retreats it is available now everywhere rob thank you so much i mean it thank you and i can't wait for you to let the other one out and then come on the show again please you got it thanks man thank you we'll be back with your calls and comments this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Wear your mask. Take your pills. Now we'll hold Not a lot of talk about the pandemic and the shots. Not a lot of talk. Just sweep it under the rug. The American morons will forget about it. They'll talk about virtually anything you want to talk about. You want to talk about global warming? Let's talk about global warming for a little bit. You know who these experts are? They want to get rid of fossil fuel. First of all, they call it fossil fuel. It is not fossil fuel. It's the original renewable energy. And these are nurses. Get these Democrat morons to say virtually anything. Uh, Throughout my career, I have focused on the intersection between medical, mental, and behavioral health. Everybody's got mental health problems. That explains Joe Biden and all these Democrat morons. And the idea that right now in Scotland, 16 million trees. 16 million trees. You know what trees are, squirrel. Oh, yeah, they're big on sucking up that CO2 that everyone's afraid of. 16 million trees cut down. They cut them down. And why? They're going to put up uh, uh, wind farms. Oh, that should be wonderful. They can't recycle the ones they got now, these idiots. Let's get a couple of nurses out there. They'll put a little step in. That's why, Squirrel, when I die, when I get sick, and when I get old, the inevitable comes. Do not ever let a Democrat nurse within a thousand miles of me. Not a thousand miles. I don't want these rats around me. Uh, I knew, like Trump knew, what would happen if Europe listened to Democrats, Marxists, communists, and swindlers. It's increasingly likely that we will also have a shrinking GDP in the third, in, in the second quarter this year, so that would be the third. They were an economic powerhouse. Just... Three years ago. General, um, yes, yes. Uh, if there's a country and a region who has uh, seen the change in Russian behavior, then it is Europe, and within Europe it is Germany, of course. On the other hand, um, I hope that the president will go with a strong signal of resolve and unity from this summit to his meeting with President Putin. 
It's good. You know where that dingbat is today? She's fully behind Ukraine, and she's not talking about peace. They're not even releasing the amount of Ukrainians and the amount of people, human beings, that are dead because of this proxy war. But we do begin with that breaking news. The State Department now confirming to us that former Marine Trevor Reed that was released from Russia in a prisoner swap last year has actually been injured while fighting in Ukraine. So what's Russians' response? See, they've known we've been in a proxy war. Putin's been calling it forever. He's uh, the one who wanted the Minsk Accord agreement honored. But he knew America was breaking it. He's the one who tipped off the Americans about his outrage that we have biolabs, that American, American-funded biolabs that were in Ukraine. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine. According to the U.S. government, these biolabs are conducting research on dangerous pathogens. They didn't want that. Why is that there? And he also told you that the oligarch-run kleptocracy called Ukraine was full of nothing but crooks. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. Who was an icon among the left since Vietnam, rightfully so. He also exposed the scandal in Vietnam. Kind of the same thing, only the clothes are a lot different. But Rutentude Putin also said, if you keep sending weapons, I'm going to really kick some ass. The U.S. State Department says Russia is escalating its attacks on Ukraine, sending missiles to hit important port towns, residential buildings, and even UNESCO World Heritage. And it all could have stopped. It never had to happen. I have a man that yesterday stood up and told the whole world that we have no ammunition. Do you know, I had every ammunition building full to the brim three years ago. You know why it was full? Because he didn't use any. He didn't start any wars. The only president never started any wars. But then again, he's the only president since George Washington who never maneuvered his way up through the mafia called politics. And now they want you to pretend that it'll all be better because the election is honest. But if you have an IQ over 60 and you were alive in 2020, you know that not 81 million human beings voted for this dimwit in diapers. Only the corrupt political whores would substantiate that argument. So let's start there. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Listen, don't ever take your advice from somebody who can't read the back of a, of a hostess bag. He can't do the calculations on calories. He can't figure out if he stuffs an entire case of you who's in his mouth exactly what's happens. I know, it's ho-hos, I know, but I don't eat that garbage. I'm not a fat slob. Joe Biden's sleeping in the White House tonight, and it's our fault. Okay, it's our fault. And by us, I mean Republicans. That's why I don't call myself a Republican. You could have the Chris Christie's. You could have the Never Trumpers, the Jonah Goldbergs. You could have that moron with the plastic hair pollster, Frank Putz, Lutz. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. How are you? <clears throat> Listen, I wanted to talk. Uh, we were talking about how other countries disrespect us, and they don't show any respect anymore to the United States. Uh, another prime example of that is, and I know you don't care about sports the same way I don't don't care about them anymore. Since these uh, professional athletes uh, started taking a knee when our anthem was uh, being played, but these uh, these women on the national uh, soccer team, they show. There's another reason why other countries don't show respect because 
these these women don't even show respect to our country when our national anthem's being played. You're talking about the so communist with you, the purple hair that was mad she wasn't getting the yeah, same money yeah, as the that's guys. What I'm talking about, okay, and they don't I mean, uh, they don't show any respect either. Yeah. So why do you think other countries Listen, are going to show respect? I want her to do one thing for me. Get me a Trenta iced coffee, non-fat milk, no sweetener, like every barista out there. I want to hear your nonsense. Kathleen Frankfurt. Sean, I know this is a change of subject, but I don't hear too many people talking about this. What's your take on the digital currency? <laughs> well, if you're talking about the American dollar, I wouldn't buy it with another American dollar. If you're talking about an alternative to the Euro to the dollar, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I've partaken in some Bitcoin. I wouldn't now because of the scrutiny on it. But back when it was free, I was in, I, I liked it a lot. In fact, I, the only reason I bought it, I got in an argument with a one Dan Proft on a morning show when I was filling in, and I was advocating for an alternative for the American people because the American people are strapped to a currency that they have absolute no in, no input on. None. The mm -hmm. Federal Reserve comes out and says the idea that we're going to fix bad policies, which has created inflation, and what we need to do is bankrupt more than 50% of the nation, and you're going to love it. We're going to tell you everything's good. We're going to bankrupt the people who can afford it the least, and those people, we're going to turn them into welfare roaches, and we're going to destroy the economy and slow it down. You'd have to know, though, the way I do, that the Federal Reserve is a corrupt entity, a monopoly, that has a bull-dung mission statement, and the reason that I don't like uh, uh, what's happening and the reason I sell real estate is because it is the perfect inflation hedge. So I don't walk around with a lot of cash. I don't want the cash. I'd be more interested in things that offset the corruption and the bastardization of our currency. So I, it's a convoluted answer, but I like alternatives mm. to the dollar. I don't like when crooks are in charge of anything, which is why I no longer live in Chicago. But what about all this monitoring that they're going to be doing and that everything is going to be watched and, and monitored and closely monitored? Well, that fits right into the plan to have no movement that the oligarchs around the world that have destroyed the sovereignty of America and every other nation. And ultimately, their goal is to know exactly what Kathleen bought today and to approve mm -hmm. your purchases in the future if you don't behave accordingly. It is the exact mm -hmm. opposite of property rights, which is the argument between a, a one currency anyway. You know, you go back to the, to the original problems that started 40 years before the Civil War. It wasn't the slavery argument. It was the state-to-state -state currency argument. The other states didn't want to go with the states that were run by crooks. They didn't want to sign on to debt they never agreed to. But look at us now. You're hard-pressed to find one guy that says uh, uh, 537 politicians don't get to decide what happens to the flow and the velocity of money. And the idea mm -hmm. really is they don't anyway. It's an entire private company that calls itself the Federal Reserve that controls exactly how much money is in, in supply. And all they have is a sales pitch. And you get a bunch of guys from Goldman Sachs, a bunch of guys from BlackRock who all own everything, and they say, mm -hmm. it's going to be great. And in the meantime, they're ignoring the devastation that Janet Yellen manhands, the Viagra Slayer-in-Chief that she is, has done in the shortest period of time to this country. In the shortest period of time, we went from a strong economy and true employment by private companies to a quasi-Soviet state where the best deal, if you're a young kid and you're coming out of college, you really want to work for somebody who isn't underwritten by the government right now? 
right? So you've backdoor nationalized our entire private economy. You name me a sector in our economy that doesn't have to kiss ass of the most corrupt government this country's ever had. Name one. I don't I think can't. there isn't any. There isn't Talk radio. No. Talk radio. And oh. it won't be long. So, and it, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do we do? Fight. Fight back. But here's what you do in the short term. And I'm dead serious about this. It's not a popular sentence, and everybody gets mad at me. Get to high ground. You don't have to come to Florida. Go to Texas. Did you know that Texas just gave $18 billion in property tax cuts to property owners in Texas? Did you know that? Oh, it's phenomenal. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's phenomenal. That's what good states do. There's 20 good states, maybe 21. Pick one. Pick one. Because you're living in in a con job. Sorry. I just have to yep. tell you the truth, oh, Kathy. I, know. I can't lie to I you. Know. Thank you. All right. I know. I appreciate, I appreciate it, doll. High ground. High ground. Here we go. From day one, lawmakers have said property tax cuts are the number one priority for the Texas government. Six and a half months later, lawmakers have accomplished that goal, sending an $18 billion package to Governor Greg Abbott's desk. It's been touted as the largest tax cut in state history, and it comes days after Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and House Speaker Dave Phelan ended their stalemate and came to an agreement on a final package. Within that package is lowering the maximum compressed school district tax rate and raising the homestead exemption to $100,000. Both chambers gave final approval to those measures. And a- That's something no Democrat mafia state can even entertain the idea of doing. They can never do it because your tax dollars that are no longer based on the value of your assets, they have to go up. They just have to make you feel good about going broke. That's what it's like when you live under Democrats. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Everybody gets hostile with me when I tell the absolute and total truth and the best advice anybody can give you. When you're living in a state that has to sign a peace agreement in order to have a function, a convention, anything, I never thought this would even be tolerated. Listen to this. DNC, why the party that says it's the pro-labor party had hurdles to jump over in the past when getting a peace agreement signed? Sometimes you come into the cities that are hosting the convention and there are a lot of internal dynamics um, and a lot of issues that they are working through. And uh... here, here, I speak Democrat swindler rat. That means corruption, and you got to make sure all the beaks are wet. So we got to sign an agreement that says, hey, hey, over there, hey, you, we'll take care of you. Don't cause any problem. We'll take care of you. Uh, and sometimes that can complicate bringing uh, a big event like this into that community because they already have some pre-existing issues. Corruption, crime, failure, you know, Democrats. Now, the chairman says that did not seem to be a problem here in Chicago, especially with such a strong labor support here. Not- <laughs> How you doing? I can't wait that those guys got to get out of the truck. Boy, oh, boy, there's going to be a lot of cellulite stuck to vinyl. Paul, Northwest Indiana. Oh, man, you make me laugh. Um, Thank you. I'll be down in Kissimmee, Florida in February next year, so... Uh- Maybe I'll hook you up with some uh, <laughs> If I go to Disney, I'll give you a call. I'm not driving three hours for you, but I love that. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Um, 
so, so I called, yeah, uh, because to tag on to what the previous caller said about what we can do about things. Well, he had that little moment of clarity that comes on the radio uh, from God from Boo. They talked about how ESG now is being looked at more closely by uh, Fortune 500 CEOs and how they're seeing that it is a boondoggle and it's a weapon of extortion and control right thought up by con artists yeah and that's why yeah well that's why that's why the you know i was very proud of desantis when he said you're not getting our money see that's the only thing that you can do because this this ridiculous system we have where one company can own voting shares in 438 companies in this S&P 500 called BlackRock. When that's allowed, forget about it, brother. They can run this market wherever they want. And you know what's funny? They destroyed the system of competition, of open outcry. They destroyed it so they could pull it in the shadows. And all they needed was a word, algorithm. And everybody said, okay, because nobody could figure out there's no such fracking thing. It's front-running. And it's why they print money. It's the greatest scam perpetrated on the American people. Corrupt oligarchs calling themselves Wall Street. All right, I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so I am so blessed to be born in the 60s and be old. I love it. What I've seen is the best and arguably the worst. But when it's good, it's great. And the 90s, after Al Gore invented the Internet, well, of course he did. I wouldn't have wanted to go home to Tipper either. After he invented the Internet, what happened? Capitalists, young kids, dropped out of college. Some were college graduates. They did something that was unbelievable. It was a new revolution business they showed people what the possibilities could be now we take it for granted the conveniences and whatnot but they got a little lazy a lot of them a lot of them got a little lazy but my next guest didn't he was at the forefront and he is critical in the role in building paypal he's got a new book out now called paypal wars battles with ebay the media the mafia and the rest of planet earth i'm assuming by mafia he means government He's been seen on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC's frequent contributor when it comes to technology and policy. He is Eric Jackson. Eric, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great, Sean. Thank you for having me today. Well, I have to tell you, I'm excited to have you because I remember, I think it was 98, late 98, I was trading at the time at the Mercantile Exchange, and there was a rumor that there was going to be this new ability to exchange money for goods and services. It was a revolutionary idea called PayPal. It was fascinating. You know, I still use it to this day. And um, it had to be exciting to be there and be a part of it. It had to be magnificent, was it? It really was, Sean. And not just because of the technology we were building. It was really because of the company. Uh, Peter Thiel, who, you know, is now synonymous with with so many uh, things in terms of politics and entrepreneurship. Uh, Peter Thiel was the uh, co-founder of the company. 
And he built an amazing, amazing group of people that came together that really believed in personal liberty and really saw the original version of PayPal as something that was going to empower the average person and give them more control over their money. And Eric, that is why I was so optimistic about the reestablishing of property rights. I mean it. What I saw there were you guys, you were creating something out of nothing with, by using your head, and you were, you were changing everything. And I was so hopeful that the people in charge of that would be so aware to keep away from the oligarchs that worked hard to bastardize it and take it over. But it's reminiscent of what happened in the Industrial Revolution, and you see how politicians use their phony power and their intimidation tactics and their ability to extort your money to worm their way in. And now it feels like an oligarch system. I'm wondering how you see it. Well, not far from that, Sean. And and by the way, I wasn't born in the 60s, but I was born in the 70s. And so I've been around a minute and have a perspective on things. But it sounds pretty similar to yours. Um, you know, we had this vision coming through all the craziness of the uh, the mid to late 90s. Remember all the currency contagion that was going around yeah. the world, of course. I mean, you were working in finance, so you know that, uh, that well. You had all these corrupt governments uh, that were trying to manipulate interest rates and exchange rates, and then, uh, you know, they, they'd have all these problems then with their currency coming under pressure. What did they do? They usually locked down the people's uh, deposits in banks. They wouldn't let them withdraw it, and then they'd have hyperinflation. Yeah. So that, that very much colored the vision that we had at PayPal, not just empowering people in our own country, which, of course, we wanted to do, but also around the world to really enable capitalism, enable freedom. And, of course, you know, you, you, you shoot for uh, the stars, you sometimes land on the moon. I guess that silly analogy kind of is apropos here. We didn't achieve what we'd hoped to. We built a really good company at the time. I mean, it obviously has uh, gone some different ways with some of their, you know. Uh, well, well, I believe they wanted to acquire you to silence you and what you could have been. I think that's exactly what happened. Well, certainly. And, you know, we were we were under pressure from a lot of regulators at the time. Now, yeah. the the, uh, the term mafia in my uh, the, the subtitle of the book, uh, The PayPal Wars, Battles with e eBay, the Media, the Mafia, and the Rest of Planet Earth, you could take that a couple different ways. Uh, there definitely was uh, some run-ins with uh, uh, with Russian mafia, and we'll talk about that in a minute if you want to. But but yeah, certainly on the government end, they were crazy with some of the stuff that was going on. They didn't know what PayPal was. I mean, it no. was brand new, and they just you know, the, as Reagan said, right? If it, it you know if it uh, if it moves, regulate it. I'm paraphrasing there, but yeah. uh, you know, and that's what they. Elliot Spitzer came after us when he was the Attorney General of New York. Uh, the state of Louisiana, of all places. He likes to keep his socks on, yes. I uh, know, yeah. Yes. <laughs> more, more for the TMI, but yeah, that's true. And then, hey, get this. The state of state of Louisiana actually shut us down. And, well, we, we fought back, of course. They said, you know, we don't know what you are. We're just going to shut you down. It doesn't matter that thousands of people were already using it and, you know, getting value from it. So we uh, we posted the, uh, the – we sent out an email to everyone uh, from our um, – uh, from our, that used our service in that state, we gave them the phone number of the state attorney general and said, if you have a problem with this, please call them. Well, it melted down their uh, switchboard. And within a couple of days, they reversed course and we were back in business there. But that just goes to show you, government doesn't want innovation and it certainly no. is loath to have new innovation that empowers people. 
And what you did that was magnificent, that was unbelievable and goes understated, is that you were able to fungigate the money, the currency exchange, instantaneously, virtually. So you negated the need for settlement prices because you were able to do that between currencies, correct? That's right. And, and process it immediately, give uh, parties confidence that you had an encrypted transaction that was, uh, that was going between two parties. You didn't have to exchange any information. You didn't really need to know or trust the counterparty. You just needed to uh, do an exchange. So It was the answer for peace, for fluidity, and for the instantaneous exchange of currency. And you were a threat to the system that not only regulates, makes a tremendous amount of money, but has an absolute total control over it. That's why they shelved you. There's no question in my mind. And I came to that conclusion not because of what happened after and what happened to eBay, but before, ironically enough. In 1994, the peso collapsed. And the the American bailout wasn't ironically of America. It was uh, the intern molester, Bill Clinton, because his big contributor was Prince Blinky of Saudi Arabia, Awardo, Awardi, whatever, the inbred. And what he did is leveraged him because he owned Citibank. They had a major stake in the peso. And it just went without anybody noticing it. And if you weren't involved in that currency, you weren't aware of just how that currency had been manipulated. And it was when you guys came along that that integrity in exchanging with companies that were out of Mexico or used the peso or really for around the world, that went and it was taken for granted. But it was a threat, in my opinion, to the biggest mafia, although not the Russian mafia, in my opinion. I think it's the American mafia. And they don't like it. And that's why I think the same players are cracking down on crypto today. And I'd like to know what you think. I know you're still in that in that arena. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's just disgusting what's going on with crypto. And so, you know, I think what's one thing that's interesting about PayPal's origins, and again, you can read this in my, my book, uh, The PayPal Wars, is that we had this vision that was very similar to crypto. But what we learned was that it can't be accomplished by a centralized company. So that's why crypto being decentralized certainly has a lot of potential to, um, uh, to address those shortcomings and, and, you know, be something that's beyond the control of government. Now, that doesn't mean the government will, t- will not try. And we're seeing that. We're seeing it uh, such that it's, uh, it's almost impossible for American companies to participate in this space now. And, uh, you know, much to the detriment, of course, to our technology sector and ultimately our, our people. Uh, but uh, th- this, this attempt to regulate everything, the SEC is trying to essentially rule every piece of crypto that's out there uh, to mm-hmm. be some sort of security. And, uh, Headed up by a know, Goldman Sachs guy. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's just it's, it's absolutely insane. I'm glad the courts are, in some instances, pushing back. I know they uh, held them a defeat the other week uh, with regard to Ripple. Uh, and, and hopefully that, that continues. I really hope, this is one area, Sean, where I hope Congress steps in. Because, uh, and I know that's paradoxical, I feel like I need to uh, watch No, I, but they're the only ones that could help you. Ironically, they're too stupid to figure it out. I mean, you look at the average congressman, they, couldn't, they, they don't know what you're talking about. They just know they're afraid of it and they're going to be paid to make sure that they do tax it into oblivion or regulate it into oblivion, which is their options. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. By the way, Sean, I'll mention this. Uh, I, I went to uh, Austin, Texas earlier this year to uh, speak to uh, uh, a Texas House committee there. They're considering a digital gold initiative that mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that you and your um, your listeners might be interested in. I hope it comes to pass. The Constitution lets states uh, issue uh, gold or silver-backed uh, coinage, 
That's so you can't mint your own uh, uh, fiat currency, but you can issue one that's backed by precious metal. So Texas is is deeply considering the possibility of actually having a uh, electronic uh, version of, uh, of gold that's backed by gold they physically have in their... And they're uh, the only state, state with, with, with their own... They got their own reserve, right? Their own gold reserve. Exactly, yeah. They've got their own facility for it. So it's an amazing plan. I hope that it uh, it passes. I know some other states like Florida have indicated some interest if it does. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but I, I've been, uh, been involved with that and trying to uh, uh, help in any way I can uh, to see if something you, like that can come around. You know, Eric, I've always wondered... I love the idea of crypto, and I understand the skepticism. I've always wondered why private players, private entities, haven't come up with a hybrid where you're not just backing it by gold or you're not just backing it by silver, but you're backing it by a combination and maybe another precious, or, or, or more importantly, something as, as, as universal as oil, and work that hybrid where now you're based and you fungigate every night on the settlement prices. And that's the value of the currency. And you could fend off the idiots in Washington who say it's based on nothing. It's the biggest fiat. Because the reality is the bastardization of the American dollar, the good people in it need an alternative. And not everybody can buy a six flat or buy investment property. But if you could fund, if you could have an option for that young guy getting started, who doesn't want to turn his money over to something he doesn't understand, but has an idea that all of this combination of of, of commodities and, and, and usable necessities, there is an entity, an index, for lack of a better word, that's sold as a crypto. I think that is the answer to everything, and I hear nothing, none of it. Well, you're, you're spot on there, Sean, and we need innovation, I think is what I hear you saying. We need innovation to allow different options, different choices, different products, and something like crypto, which is you know gotten a bit of a bad name, but in reality what it is, it's amazing technology. It's decentralized blockchain-backed uh, currency that is unique and anonymous, having the ability to have different types of real-world assets and commodities tied to that makes a perfect sense. I mean, the, the NFT uh, bubble with all these collectibles that were tied to that uh, early on, again, be, you know, was, uh, I think, uh, uh, somewhat inflated by bad monetary policy, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, but really what it, showed, what it showed was, look, this is real tech. We can tie this to real-world things. It doesn't just have to be collectibles. That's just version 1.0. So I think uh, you're spot on with that. We need, we need more, and we need less uh, heavy-handed regulators uh, stifling innovation. And it's funny. They pretend that currencies are, are, are given stability because of governments. Yet what really happens is that governments have to protect the lie that they're selling as a currency through war. And if you want peace... You need financial stability. That's the greatest peacekeeper, the greatest uh, asset of peace. But I, as you look at all of the conflicts, and you see what's happening throughout Africa, and you see what's happening throughout the Middle East, something that was an alternative, but that was out of the control of governments, would be kind of an interesting answer and may change the future. I, I fully agree. And, you know, back to that original vision that Peter Thiel had for PayPal and that I wrote about in my book, The PayPal Wars, was that if we can build a, a technology solution that enables people to have more control over their money, they're going to be less beholden to corrupt governments. They're going to have that ability to do what they think they need to do. And frankly, with uh, smartphones being ubiquitous now, I mean, that's the one that, that was sort of always the missing uh, 
uh, piece of infrastructure. Yeah. With that, with those being ambiguous, you, know, you can you can have access to the internet literally anywhere in the world, and they're very affordable uh, uh, costs. So it, this really, I, I think this this vision of PayPal, if you will, is is within grasp. I don't know how it's going to play out. I do know that uh, you're right about government trying to uh, to stop it, and certainly, you know, competition. We know you're you're from the business world. You're from the free market. You know, competition makes things better. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way to to re, you know to improve any sort of product and, and really build confidence in uh, the ultimate the end consumer. Well, governments don't like competition, and we've just seen that this past uh, couple of years with the insanity that's happened with inflation caused by the uh you know the debasing of our currency so i think it's it's clear that government as an institution is is not uh encouraging innovation anymore maybe that wasn't always the case you know you could argue that uh, there might have been a time in america uh back uh you know in the 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 age of lincoln and before where government was viewed like let's build some infrastructure and let private commerce take over but we're, we're far past those days oh when you think about the commodore Vanderbilt and how the Congress tried to shut him down and they short his stock and the rest of it. That's when you, you know, I was a kid when I read that. I'm like, well, wait a minute. These, these guys, not only are they not helping, they're trying to crush him. And that's when you start to really think of things. So eBay buys PayPal, correct? That's right. Yeah. So now here's the thing, the, the million dollar. Why didn't they move forward with it? It seems as if they shelved it. Were they a shill company for the government to buy it and put it on ice, in your opinion? I think that's going a little far with uh, with giving eBay uh, the, the credit for having such a plan. Look, Meg Whitman, who was the CEO at that time of eBay, and she later ran unsuccessfully, I might add, for governor yeah. out here in California. Um, so uh, Whitman, Whitman was very much a, a corporate figure. And they brought her in in the late 90s to take over eBay. Back at a time when it was thought she needed, quote-unquote, adult supervision. Uh, to run a, uh, a tech company. <laughs> and so they bought PayPal. And that, now, mind you, it kind of, that, per, that sale kind of had to happen. Over two-thirds of our business was coming from eBay at that time. So they, you know, we were facing a very existential risk. So that was a, a major factor in making that, uh, that decision. But anyway, they got a crown jewel. And instead of treating it like that, uh, they really, I, I think, bumbled their handling of it. Yeah. Uh, they they kicked everyone out the door. I mean, Peter Thiel left, but you know what? So did Max Levchin, who's a technical genius. He's the CTO. So did uh, David Sachs, who uh, you know should also be well known to uh, in uh, conservative circles and also a very successful entrepreneur and venture capitalist. So all this talent ran out the door, and they replaced it with people from inside eBay, and they took a very corporate uh, culture and exported it over and. Suddenly, yeah. all the innovation and product development, it was gone. So that's, that's what you happened. Know what you, you know what, confidence it, explains the story. So it's hot potato, really. And uh, what they pay for it? Do you mind? I think it was what? No, it's public uh, info. I think it's yeah. about $1.5 billion. And that was, that, was a big, that was a big number at the time. And oh, now it's not, like rounding yeah. error. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because as you're talking, I'm wondering, is Musk the new Whitman? Because I feel like he's going to get stuck with the same thing with Twitter. And before oh, my you know goodness. It, I'm glad you brought that up, Sean. I, I, I wish Elon all the success in the world. Now, I'm, I'm, more, of a too. Peter Thiel, I'm more of a Peter Thiel guy because, uh, yeah. you know, there were two, two camps. Uh, Peter had a company. Elon had a company. They merged uh, like half a year after I got there. But uh, I do respect Elon. Now, here's the funny thing. 
Elon's a company that merged with Peter's company um, was called X.com. And uh, I'm sure your listeners are aware of that letter X. It's uh, yeah, Why would you get rid of a bird? You, what the hell did he buy for $45 million? He got rid of a bird? He got rid of... I mean, it's... it's I, I, I mean, I want him... To, I wish him the best. But this looks like a terrible hot potato story. Any, anyone... Look, look, anyone that goes and reads my book is going to have a sense of deja vu here. I, I'll, I'll send you the two... Let me suggest two websites, everyone, that, that's listening. One, go to the Drudge Report, because Drudge links to a great Axios article that uh, is titled Inside Musk's Plan for an Everything App to Replace Twitter. So, yeah. so definitely go to, go to Drudge and click on that link about Musk's plan for an everything app. And then go to, uh, go to, the PayPal War, go to paypalwars.com. That's my site. You can, uh, you can find links there to, uh, to order the book. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's on back order at Amazon and, and some places, but uh, it looks like they're taking orders at uh, Books A Million and some others. They're all linked to my site. Listen uh, so, uh You'll find out Elon was obsessed with the letter X back then. He had this idea that X would be like the everything app. Yeah. And, and it's so funny. We did focus groups, and people thought the X referred to either X Games, Edgy, or Sex. And yeah. Uh, it uh, yeah, didn't pull well. But I was hey, fascinated with that chrome girl on the back of mud flaps myself. But in the meantime, I wish you the best of luck. I really can't thank you enough for coming on. I could talk to you for an hour. He is Eric Jackson. The new book, PayPal Wars, Battles with eBay, the Media, the Mafia, and the Rest of Planet Earth. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I so enjoyed that conversation. I really did with Eric Jackson. I remember the 90s, and I remember the corporate scum. And I remember back then, before BlackRock, there was the devil's cousin, Goldman Sachs. And who's in charge of the SEC today? Oh, an, a Goldman Sachs alum. A guy who makes uh, Steve Mnuchin look like Rock Hudson. His name is Gary Ginsler. And I'm pretty sure he's the turtle that beat Bugs Bunny, only Gary Ginsler's out of his shell, the little weasel that he is. And I remember Goldman Sachs. And we don't talk about the settlement. Largest settlement in commodity history up until the next one. The Justice Department has accused colleagues of yours, former colleagues of yours, of laundering billions of dollars and of violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act by paying bribes. And one of those bankers has pleaded guilty. As CEO, is there any way for you to explain how conduct like that? And this is Gary Ginsler's co-worker. And Gary Ginsler's never asked about what he knew in the 90s in the build-up to the collapse. You know, before Barack got elected and he was plucked to be the money bundler extraordinaire. The freakish looking turtle that he is. If it's proven to have happened, but again, somebody's copped a guilty plea, could, could happen at your firm. It's obvious. Squirrel, do me a favor. I want to bet you $20. I bet you $20 his wife looks like a stripper at the Crazy Horse. You want to bet? Bet, 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 bet. Find out for me. Obviously, very distressing to see two former Goldman Sachs employees went so blatantly around our policies and so blatantly broke the law. Oh, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Not a day in jail. We take the whole matter extremely seriously. Oh, it's very serious. And we serious. continue to work with the authorities. As- now go to the Caymans. 
open up a casino and shut your mouth. We got Gary at the SEC. They investigated. Two of the people involved, because there are three, two have been named by the Justice Department and one who is believed to have been involved. Two of those people, Tim Leisner, who he's the one who pleaded guilty, for those who don't know, and Andrea Vella, who is said to have known about the scheme, were Goldman Partners. And they were Goldman Partners in the investment bank, the investment bank that you ran. By the way, <laughs> the reporter, this is an old clip from about 12 years ago. The reporter asking the question, never to be seen from again. For 12 years. These are your guys. How does that make you feel? Like a winner. Because I got away with it. And the, by the way, the fine that we have to pay, how, you know how we're going to pay it? We're going ra- to raise the cost to everybody else. We're not going to cut a check. We're not even going to go in our pocket. It'll be like lunchtime at the club. The investigation's ongoing. I feel horrible about the fact that people who work the Sachs... He feels horrible, Squirrel. Horrible. In fact, it was hard for him to sleep on his two girlfriends that used to be strippers. It doesn't matter whether it's a partner or it's an entry-level employee. We'll go around our policies and break the law. I feel horrible about that. (laughs) It's freaking great. Open and notorious thievery. Dave, Racine, Wisconsin. Greetings, Sean. You were mentioning that you thought that an electronic currency should be backed up maybe by gold and silver, but maybe it ought to be backed up by uh, lead in the form of ammunition in the form and held by a modern-day militia. Those days are gone, brother. I like the way, but that's long gone. And it has to be a hybrid of commodities that are accessible, but also maybe not as... uh, as uh, accessible as they are in specific areas, but to all nations, you know, something like oil, because it's everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And it's not fossil fuels. It's organic. It's renewable energy. Wendy, Reno, Nevada. Hey, greetings. And uh, you know who I feel horrible for? Uh, My brothers and sisters still stuck in Cook County. Um, Get them out. Send them a rope. I know. Let me tell you, there's life after Cook County, people. I am enjoying life in Reno, Nevada. Uh, I just briefly, you touched last hour about climate. Yeah. You, let, let's all take a breath and remember the two years during COVID, the climate was not mentioned once, okay? Yeah. We mm-hmm. saw sidewalks littered, peppered with disposable masks, useless disposable masks everywhere. And all of a sudden, what happened, Sean, when COVID was, quote unquote, being spooled up, the climate emergency started. Some of the same tactics that were used on us during COVID are now being used on us for climate. That whole hoax last week about Europe having record highs, do you know what they did? And forgive me if you already know this. The index. They use the index yes. in the calculation, yeah. They cook yes. the index they, because they don't want to go back to as recent as 96. But if you go to 93 and you remove the, or I'm sorry, 1933, and you remove the index, it's not even close. No, and they were taking measure, the measurement, temperature measurements on the surface ground as opposed to the air, which is going to give you a 15 uh, a degree difference Fahrenheit. It's yeah. a complete hoax. I, and, but people are buying this, Sean. I had a friend in Connecticut just call me this morning. She's like, I'm just wondering how you're doing. I go, I'm fine. What's up with, with the heat wave? I go, yeah, it's 99. 
in Nevada like it is every summer. <laughs> Holy moly. Did you ever watch a cowboy movie, honey? Uh, Wendy, what are you going to do? <laughs> Just stay away from them. Stay away from Democrats. Bill in Hinsdale. Hey, Sean. Uh, it's so funny you're talking about Goldman Sachs employees. If Jack Ryan didn't take his wife to an adult club, Barack Obama would never have been senator or president. So you yeah. can blame this whole terrible well, It all goes back to Goldman. Yeah. No, I mean, Jack was a partner at Goldman. But let me ask you a question. I know you're pretty good with numbers. What percentage would you put that this judge rejects that crackhead's plea deal tomorrow? Zero. Come on. Every five minutes something comes out about this family, and I just saw something saying that they... I mean, I, you know, I shouldn't say zero. Let's just do it. Let's do it five. But I'll tell you why. Bill in Hinsdale, there are, as we speak, two sitting Cook County judges that are on an investment group that own massive amounts of real estate called the Table of Wisdom LLC with Ed Burke. The judges in Crook County are interwoven with the Democrats short in the pants mafia and you know it. So are you putting your your hopes and dreams for righteousness on a judge that maneuvered through that system for years? No, but I I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, I mean every single 5 minutes something comes out about this Oh, family. Bill, but but and I would listen. I would love I would love for for myself, I would love for my prediction to be wrong, and I want you to call back tomorrow and say, I, know you I told you. <laughs> but the reality is, brother, uh, we've got Peter Schweitzer wrote about this a decade ago, more. We've got investigations exactly. into Joe Biden since the 70s. He was a crooked senator from a crooked state. The entire state is set up for LLCs and tax dodges. They got over 30 million, some ridiculous amount of LLCs registered in Delaware. In one building, they got 7 million. One building, 7 million LLCs all registered. This is where, yeah, this, this, is where this roach is from. The book, I Hear You Paint Houses. They mention owning a senator, the Teamster president, also known as a hitman, scumbag. They wrote the book. Just look at it. Everybody knows what this idiot is. He's been stealing for half a fracking centuries. The only good news is if, even if you get him, he can't remember where the money is. No, but the walls are definitely closing in. It's a lot better than it was six months ago, and you got to admit that. They're going to get him on something. All right. I love your optimism, babe, but you're in Hinsdale. You're paying a lot of money to pretend there's hope. I love it. I wish you the best of luck. Hinsdale's a wonderful place to buy a $4 million house for a million three. Uh, 312-642-5600. I'll be back for the Cream Puff Man after this. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. All right, we're going to cut him a break. It's hot. He's out of money. Doesn't get a check for six more days. Can't go to the bathroom without an assistant. He's municipal worker. Cream puff, Jim. Yeah, hi. And the enhanced barrels down in Texas reminds me of the clip of George Benshaw when he said, Christianity's a, a great idea. Too bad nobody's ever tried it. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, what, you're, ta- what yeah. you're referring to is the fact that they, uh, 
have so what, 55 gallons? Stealing hedge sparrows down in Texas. They Let me ask you river. a question. I, I, I understand the, 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 the outrage to, to a certain extent, but if it's so terrible, why do they keep coming? Because they, what would you do if you were broke and you were you were trying to get the? You know, Hedgeberg from Notre Dame. I know. I saw that. Hedgeberg from Notre Dame explained this thirty years ago. Right. They're asking about uh, people coming to America. He said, "Think of it this way: Say there's five astronauts in a, in a capsule, and three of them have all the food and air supply. How long will it take the other two to cut their throat to get it?" Yeah. Well, that's you know exactly, well, you know what? That's where we're at. If they were coming for the ideals of Americanism. I'm loving them. I do love them. I think that, that that's who will save it. Isn't it going to be a Chicago Democrat who votes for a short-in-the-pants Irish mob? <laughs> no, you guys are, you guys are the cancer. So what will save us... What will save us... But here's the other thing you got to remember. There's 130,000 Americans dead from a drug that's coming over. How's it coming? you got sex trafficking. We all know it. You know, 83% of Democrats do not think there's a border issue. Now, either you're stupid or you're a drug addict. I, don't, I can't figure it out. There's clearly a border issue. And then the other thing is they're fleeing philosophies that the Democrats are promoting. So it's lucky for the Democrats in charge. You know, the Irish mafia that you kissed their ass for all those years. It's lucky for them that half of the voting block is either too stupid to see it or they want in on it. Because everybody could see this failure. Everybody could see this scam. And the idea that 83% of Democrats don't even think there's a problem lets you know why you got to move to a red state. In the meantime, you take, I just hope you can get out of the doorway. You, good luck to you. You hang on for that check. Grubhub can't wait to get paid. Holly and Desplaines. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, you were mentioning something a long time ago, and it's very valid about people being too polite. And that's a big deal. Everyone's, you know, keep calm, carry on. And just like what you were saying, so many people are so brainwashed to believe all the lies of what's being put. They don't even know. You know, they're stunned when they see the thunderstorm or the high weather and they think it's climate change and they're beguiled. And this is uh, something where we got to crack the egg in every situation and scenario, in office and bank, anywhere, so that people's eyes open up. You know what amazed me when I was reading about history, when you look at the, the footage or you read about the concentration camps, you notice how polite everybody was when they got on the train? Everybody was polite. So sad. Politeness is what the tyrant, what the fascist, mm -hmm. what the communist, what the socialist is hoping for, politeness. And if you look at COVID, what happened? Everybody was very polite. And we have the hindsight to know they were lying the whole fracking time. Mm -hmm. You're still polite. And the vaccine. I'm lucky mm -hmm. because no matter how much people of religion, teachers, family members tried to beat my judgment out of me, I wouldn't let it happen. See, they're hoping that you put your judgment in the back seat while they tell you a lie. That's why Democrats are still in office. How no, they're allowed to be in office is the joke of it. Because they're liars. Yeah, exactly. And I'm never polite. And I don't, I don't advocate for anyone to be polite. If someone's telling you a lie, I was lucky I grew up with a bricklayer. And if somebody tells you a lie, you punch him in the face, and then you ask which one was his car afterwards. And that's what needs to happen. Because these whores, these tramps, these scallywags are hoping you're polite. To insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, who try to divide our nation with unnecessary debates. No. I want everybody to know you're a crook and a dimwit. And I want them to then decide 
Are you going to be like the Chicago Democrats and know it's a scam and know it's a mafia and just want in on it? Good. Then you get what you deserve. If not, fight now or wish you did. I'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth down their throats again. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.